0: Kind of cute. Yeah, really. Don't shake your heads. No, they are cute. Cuddly, furry. Look at that kind of button nose and those eyes looking so intent. The little tiny ears. Oh, furry. Big bushy tail. Elegant black and white coats. That's a a classy look to it. All in all, that's a pretty nice looking critter. But you know what's coming. They do have a rather unenduring trait. When they get scared or upset, you don't want to be around them, right? They literally stink. Phew! They, they have a special gland at the base of their tails that emits this horrible, lingering stench that they release towards anyone or anything in their line of fire. You ever smelled it? Oh, wow. Not pretty. Not nice. Well, here's my sage advice for all of you here today. You ready? This is profound. This is deep. Stay away from skunks. Amen. (laughs) No, I've got a little more I want to share with you. Now, I don't care what reason anyone or anything has for getting close to a skunk. Okay. Uh, But... It seems to me it's just not worth the smell. And with that thought in mind, let me, let me toss this out for you to consider. For all too many folks who would normally never touch a skunk, they're choosing to live with the stinking after effects of touching something they should never have touched in the first place. Maybe you're still involved with something or someone who's stinking up your life. Maybe there's a a person or maybe an activity, some influence or maybe a habit that you just don't want to let go of. And that thing or that person is fouling the air of your life and probably the lives of those around you, and close to you. Well, listen to God's advice for you from the Bible in, in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. God says this, Since we have these promises, let us purify ourselves. There, purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. Perfecting holiness, why? Out of reverence for God. In other words, what Paul is reminding us of is, identify the things in your life, the skunks, that are having a contaminating effect, and very simply, avoid them. Pretty simple advice, isn't it? Well, there's, there's a rather simple two-fold approach to staying away from the skunks in your lives. First, get away from that person, thing, activity, habit, influence that's stinking up your life. Get away from it. Put some distance between you and that skunk, whatever it might be. And the second, to achieve a stink-free life is turn toward God. I want you to put your thinking caps on this morning, not that you always don't, but I want you to be thinking as I'm talking today about those things going on in your life, right now, that may be skunky. I want you to be thinking about those things that you're touching or or maybe messing around with that you shouldn't be touching or messing around with. Maybe that skunk is what you're watching on TV or online, less than wholesome, and maybe Maybe it's something that you're listening to in the music world that's pretty degrading or vulgar or just plain gross. Maybe your skunk is that negative and hateful talk that you're engaged in with your colleagues at work or with your buddies or with those folks you hang around with at the gym or in the health club. Perhaps your skunk is a person person who's constantly con- contaminating you spiritually. That is, filling your brain with anti-God propaganda. Maybe your skunk is that grudge that you won't let go of. Maybe your skunk is a, a relationship that got, that's gotten way too physical. Well, whatever your skunk is, my friends, I hope you as a Christian feel uncomfortable with it. So here's the first takeaway for this morning. Stay away from skunks that try to be part of your life. The second tactic for achieving a stink-free life is to turn toward God. In other words, replace that skunk with God. Spend your time on those things and those folks who will build you up. Spend your time with those who will build up your family or your community, our country that will bring you closer to God. You know, Looking around the room, and I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but uh, those folks that are here you are, are thinking about these things, and those of you who are not at home, not here, but are at home, it applies to you, but also to all folks. Maybe, maybe those folks that grew up in the church have drifted from those basic things in life that in the past have been good for you. Maybe it's time to get back to those good and helpful, healthy things. In fact, here's what God advises us to do to achieve the score from Revelation 2, 5. He tells us, do the things you did at first. That's it? Uh-huh. That's simple. Get back to the basics. And I put down five what I consider basic things that can... Perhaps bring balance and health back to your spiritual life or to keep it if you're there already. First one is what you folks here this morning are doing. Make time to worship each week. An awful lot of folks in our culture, especially those of us with a few years under our belt, grew up as kids going to church in Sunday school. It was the normal thing to do. That's what you did on Sunday mornings. That's what you did midweek stuff. That's what you did awful lot of folks today, and maybe you're one of them, have drifted from that habit in recent times. Maybe it was because of COVID-19 and kind of gotten used to this not being with other folks, going back to church. Well, my first tip is come more regularly. It's important, and I'll share why in a little bit. Tip number two for regaining balance and health in your spiritual life. Read the Bible. Boy, that's simple, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. You know, maybe get that dust cloth out and brush off that book sitting on your nightstand or on the coffee table. Open it up and start reading with the purpose of trying to understand what it says to you about daily living. It's a very practical book, not just history or philosophy. It's very practical. Maybe you need to pick up a translation which you feel more comfortable with. Some say, well, I can't understand that. It's too complicated. There's some simpler versions up there. The same words, same message, but they're put in a little different fashion that makes it easier for you. Pastor Dan, myself, or some others might be able to help you pick one of those that that fits your needs if you need some suggestions. You might, in addition, pick up a devotional booklet. One of those, we, we provide two free of charge here all the time. Or you can buy one, get one elsewhere, but pick up devotional booklet that can give your mind some tidbits of wisdom and insight regarding everyday life for a Christian. And my third tip for you to regain balance and health in your spiritual life. Spend some time with other Christians in an environment where you can talk, where you can discuss, where you can ask questions about the Christian faith. Again, preaching to the choir, right? You're here. But I'm talking more than this. This is good. You know, the standing around talking before church and afterwards getting a cup of coffee downstairs, coming to table talks, kids going to Sunday school. Those are all things either during the week or on Sunday mornings. That you can be being with other Christians and talk and discuss what's your role as a Christian in the ever-changing world in which we are currently living. Is it changing our world? Uh Uh-huh. Is it always so positive? Uh Uh-uh. I don't think it's any secret say we're living in a culture and a world environment today which seems more and more hostile towards the Christian beliefs and moral value system. It's becoming more frequent and, sad to say, more common to hear, read, or maybe experience an openly hostile attitude and even some hostile actions, in some instances, towards Christians and their values and belief, as if we're the enemy, as if we're out to destroy our country or other people. Christian beliefs and traditional biblical truths and values and practices are under attack, such as believing such a thing as right and wrong. It's now often poo-pooed by some folks as being naive or narrow-minded and bigoted if you say there is a right and a wrong. Or, Or maybe a value system that sees the home and family and gender as being defined as a biological mom and dad with kids under one roof, that's being systematically hijacked into something else today, right? It doesn't take much to read the headlines to see that. I mean, this whole, the word and concept of family, by some folks is now trying to be redefined as any relationship or configuration that strikes one's fancy. Anything goes, and you can call it a family. Or maybe the attack is... Christian perspectives and beliefs that adhere to the conviction that all life from the pre-born to the most ancient grandpa and grandma is valuable and is worthy of care. Isn't that being attacked even more blatantly in culture and in the courts? I think you get the point. My friends, we need encouragement. We need strength. We need some courage to get that we get from being with other like-minded Christians. We need it. Because there is strength in numbers. So make an effort to get together with them whenever and wherever you can. Fourth tactic for you being and bringing balance and health to your spiritual life is this. Do something where you can help someone other than yourself or your family. Okay. Because you, you do have, you know, a unique gift. You're unique. You have a talent, you you have an ability, you have an opportunity that no one else has. I know an awful lot of you say, no, 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 no. I don't have anything. God can't use me. Yes, you do. Because remember, there are no little talents in God's kingdom. No little talents. I mean, all the various talents and gifts may be given by God in different amounts. That's true. But they are all from the same source. And God doesn't make junk or use junk. So get to focus off your wants and needs and redirect your focus outward towards the community around you. Maybe that means participating in Feed My Starving Children food event. Our youth, Kevin Stripling and company, they they did an event down in Chanhassen this last week of Feeding My Starving Children. That's a marvelous ministry. Or maybe you can make delivery of prayer shawls or make some or quilts. For the sick and homebound, both here locally in a congregation throughout the world. How about give out free coin-operated laundromat tokens? You can do that. You can do it once a month in downtown Hopkins, right down the street here. Zion will provide those free tokens. Maybe you can help decorate the church for holidays and special events. How about going on a youth special mission trip? Again, we've got our youth heading out. Um, they're doing events, you're going to hear more about that because we're going to be asking for some congregational support. But maybe you want to get involved in it as a chaperone or another part uh, in some fashion of these, working with the youth. How about gathering weekly or monthly for a time of prayer? You can do it here on Saturday, or obviously you can do it at home, and hope you do, with other prayer warriors. And how about praying for the needs of individuals and community? Our country our churches, Christian churches. You see, my friends, you need to be involved in something, a ministry of some kind where you are using your talents to help other folks. And my fifth tip that you need to nail down is your faith story. In other words, you need to be ready to share what you know, what you know and believe about Jesus. Favorite Bible passage, 1 Peter 3, 15. Always be prepared For what? To give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. In other words, you need to be ready so when the opportunity presents itself, you'll be able to share that that simple yet eternally profound truth about Jesus. How his sacrifice on that cross 2,000 years ago paid the penalty for sin, yours and mine. Restored us to God's good favor. Pastor Dan, myself, Kevin, Pastor Krenke... We can all help you get started, get your story ready if you'd like. Talk to one of us. Now, I'm I'm sure you're aware and you're thinking, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. You know, Pastor, there's no way to separate ourselves totally from all the skunks in the world. Absolutely true. There's no way of separating yourself completely from the sinful influences that the people and circumstances around us, of which we have no control. Absolutely true. But, here's the big but, You can try, can't you? I mean, our goal should be to resist the sin around us, using every tool available to us. Don't just say, eh, what's the use? Instead, do what you can, rather than moaning about what you can't change. My friends, get back to the basics. Do the things you did at first. Our lives will be more balanced and healthier when we do. No, I do think in talking with many of you over the years that you fully understand who you are. I mean, in the verses immediately before our text from 2 Corinthians 6, God says, since you belong to Jesus, you are incredibly special. You feel special? Not always, right? But you are. You are a temple. A temple is a place where a God dwells. And God's telling us, you and me, my friends, we are where God lives. You feel it? Not always, right? God inside you? But you are. Pretty incredible thought, isn't it? In other words, the most holy God lives in you. You are a prince or princess in the family of the king of kings. And, of course, the message is this. Live like it. Now, I want to wrap things up today by expanding this concept one step further from an individual focus of us here this morning to a larger national focus. It shouldn't come as a surprise to say for us to succeed as individuals and as a nation, we need God. Anybody disagree with that? I don't think so. I mean, one can't really expect to spit in God's face, ignore him, And then expect him to bless us. That's just plain foolish, isn't it? An individual or a nation who ignores God and steps out on their own shouldn't be surprised at the results. God's in control of all things, right? And he's not going to be ignored or trifled with. So for us as as Americans, we need to be asking ourselves, are we hanging around skunks that should be avoided? Have we as a nation been allowing negative anti-God influences to dominate our homes and our schools, our governmental offices, control the airwaves of our TVs and computers and radios for so long that the stench of political correctness doesn't even faze us anymore? Do we no longer realize we have turned our national back on God? That's a sobering question, isn't it? I God's made it very clear in the Bible that there are several clear conditions under which a nation can expect God's blessings. One of the well-known and familiar passages from 2 Chronicles. It says, if, notice that's a big if, if my people, that's Christians, it was Jews back then, but talking Christians for us today, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, what? then, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Wow. Lives, not just laws, need to be transformed before America will be in a position to ask for and expect God's blessing. And the blessings of God cannot be acquired by any legislative process. Law can't make people righteous. In fact, Paul in Galatians 2 says this, No one is justified... By works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. That's how we get to heaven. Not by what we do, but we need to be working towards it. Or, again, Galatians 2, if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain, and he didn't. I'm afraid way too many folks in our country would prefer a blessing without any conditions being imposed. Give us protection. Give us safety. Give us freedom. Give us prosperity just don't meddle with our morality don't give me any of your god stuff Hmm. raises the question doesn't it will god continue to bless america as he has for almost 250 years can god bless america any longer should god bless america or is our society on the brink of judgment rather than that blessing are we fit for blessing Or has our nation forfeited any claim to divine blessing? What do you think? What do you think? Do you know what will make the difference for us as a nation? The spiritual state of the church and the church's people. The spiritual state of the church in our nation is the key as to the blessing of the nation. I mean, if God's going to bless America, it's not going to be for the sake of the nation itself. Uh Uh-uh. I mean, history shows that nations over the centuries have come and gone. They don't last. So if America is to continue to be a viable nation, then it'll be for one reason only. It'll be for the sake of God's people. And if we who are called by his name are not fulfilling the conditions of divine blessing, there's no hope whatsoever for the rest of the nation. 1 Peter 4, judgment must begin with the house of God. Well, it's equally true that blessings being with the people of God, that it spills over from there. And that's one of the true hopes for real blessing of our nation. Can God bless America? Absolutely. But if we're able to be the recipients of His blessing, we have to return to our roots, turn away from the skunks, and turn toward God. Paul Harvey, does that name ring a bell? I mean, he was my all, one of my all-time favorite news and commentators and radio personality. For years and years and years, I'd listened to him on the radio every day. He had a noon show. He had him the rest of the day, but that's when I listened to him. And one part of his regular program was called The Rest of the Story. And he'd talk through those things. You remember that? Well, back in 2002, it's been that long ago, on his radio show one noon, I heard him recite a prayer that was given in Kansas at the opening session of their Senate. And it really caught my attention. Obviously, if it's 2002 and I'm still thinking about it, i printed it all out. It really caught my attention. It's stuck with me over the years. Apparently, when Pastor Joe Wright was asked to open the new session of the Kansas Senate, everyone was expecting the usual generalities. But this is what they heard in- instead. And I printed this out in your bulletin, so if you have your newsletter, I'm going to be having it on the screen. Later, But if you want to have it, you can take that with you and look at it. Here's what he prayed that day in Kansas, those long years ago. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask your forgiveness, to seek your direction and guidance. We know your word says woe to those who call evil good, but that's exactly what we've done. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. We confess that we have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. We've exploited the poor and called it lottery. We've rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We've killed our unborn and called it choice. We've shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We've neglected to discipline our children and called it building self-esteem. We've abused power and called it politics. We've coveted our neighbors' possessions and called it ambition. We've polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free. Guide and bless these men and women who have been sent to direct us in our center, into the center of your will and to openly ask these things in the name of your Son, the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, how well do you think that went over? Well, the response was immediate. A number of the legislatures in Kansas that day walked out during the prayer in protest. And in six short weeks, Central Christian Church, that's where Pastor Joe Wright was the pastor, they logged in more than 5,000 phone calls, and that was before texts and emails. 5,000, with only 47 of those calls being responding negatively. And the church received international requests for copies of this prayer from India and Africa and Korea. And then when commentator Paul Harvey aired this prayer on his radio program, he said he received the largest response to this program that he had ever aired of any others. So I've included this prayer in the weekly bulletin today for you to take with you. I'm hoping it may serve as an inspiration to you to pray for our nation, all our leaders, as well as ourselves and our congregation, our families and communities. Perhaps with the Lord's help, this prayer could sweep over our nation so that we can again be called One Nation Under God. Wouldn't that be a marvelous blessing? My friends, as we leave here today, remember, pray, praise, give thanks, and of course, stay away from the skunks. Amen.